a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards, and today, oh, today we're going to be talking about Jim Acosta of CNN. Yeah, I don't normally do this, but this, this was just so egregious. I, I try to focus uh, our show each and every day on stuff that, that you really do need to know about, right? Whether it's important legislation or new litigation, but every now and then, I can't help it. The the clickbait dangles in front of me, and I uh, grab onto it, and I get outraged too. And I and I know that I'm falling prey to exactly what the media wants to do. But sometimes a statement is made that is just so idiotic, you really can't let it go. And when uh, Jim Acosta and his guest, uh, author Kurt Anderson, compare gun ownership uh, and the lack of support for new gun control laws to embracing human sacrifice, yeah, that one I think needs to get called out. So this apparently happened on Acosta's uh, Sunday show on CNN. He had Anderson on. Anderson has this new book out, um, which I guess in part uh, goes after uh, vaccine skeptics and those who have not uh, taken the vaccine. Now, full disclosure, I I have taken, I've had three doses of the vaccine. Um, My wife, as you know, is immunocompromised. She's a stage four lung cancer patient. So I'm willing to do whatever I can to uh, keep her safe. Although I will say, like, the, if somebody told me tomorrow, go get a fourth shot, I'd probably say no, because it really doesn't look like it's that effective. In fact, my wife is now eligible, I guess, for a fourth shot, I guess. And she said, no, she's holding off. She's, you know, she doesn't leave the house that often. She, she's, she's waiting. I guess we're now vaccine hesitant, not because I think, you know, that we're going to get microchips implanted in us or things of that nature, but just the law of declining returns, I guess. Right. Um, you know, the, the first vaccine was supposed to, well, that wasn't going to be enough, right? If you had the Pfizer, you had to take two, but then you were going to be good to go. And then it was, well, maybe you need a booster. And now they're talking about, well, you know, there are some folks who say, well, maybe you're going to have to get one every year. There are some folks talking about a a universal vaccine. I'm not responsible for any of that stuff. I I can't make these vaccines. Uh, all I can do is look at the, you know, glut of information that's out there and try to make the best decision for me and my family. And that's what everybody else is doing. Not everybody's making the same decision that I'm making, and that's okay. I, I don't think that that means that I'm encouraging human sacrifice. I, I am certainly encouraging people to do their own research, do their own due diligence, and, and come to their own conclusions. But I guess that's not allowed anymore if you have that attitude. Not when it comes to the vaccines and not when it comes to gun ownership. No. Uh, so this is how Fox News reported. They say that uh, Acosta invited Anderson onto his left-wing weekend program to discuss his new book that claims conservatives who oppose vaccines have brought quote, human sacrifice to America. Yeah. And then they started talking about uh, gun control, right? Um, Anderson said, quote, perhaps this revival of mass human sacrifice in the United States is just a passing thing that will go away. But he says, on the other hand, the Republicans have for years now been doing a different kind of what is effectively mass human sacrifice in terms of gun deaths and eliminating all gun regulation, Anderson said as Acosta jumped in. A maximalist view of freedom over lives, says Acosta. Yeah, they didn't talk about abortion during that segment. I mean, we want to talk about mass human sacrifice. I mean, I just saying you could make that comparison too there on the left, but no, they're not going to do that. But I, I am curious about a couple of things here because look, I mean, the, this again is the type of glib, 
just facile statement that is designed to get clicks. It is designed to cause outrage. It is not designed to actually prompt a serious conversation or a serious discussion. So I'm probably screwing things up by trying to have a serious conversation and a serious discussion about the very unserious things said by Kurt Anderson and Jim Acosta. But but let, let's let's try this for a second. So first of all, Anderson has for years now complained that meaningful, and now this is his words, meaningful gun control laws are impossible because we have too many guns, because we have too many gun owners, and because we have the right to keep and bear them, and we have too many people who find that right important. He has written, it is impossible to have meaningful gun control laws in this country. So what exactly is he calling for? Exactly. To stop the quote-unquote human sacrifice. Universal background check laws? Red flag laws? What? A ban on modern sporting rifles? A ban on all semi-automatic firearms? A ban on guns itself? Repeal of the Second Amendment? What exactly does Kurt Anderson believe we should do if what we're doing right now uh, is, quote, effectively mass human sacrifice? Because keep in mind as well that Kurt Anderson and Jim Acosta, although it depends, I guess, uh, on, on who Jim Acosta is talking about, have both come out in favor of criminal justice reform in the past. Uh, Acosta didn't like it when Kim Kardashian West went to uh, the White House to speak with Donald Trump about criminal justice reform, but he loved when John Legend uh, went to the White House to talk with Barack Obama about it, right? And in fact, uh, when John Legend said, look, prison is not the answer for every crime uh, back in, I think it was 2015, Acosta nodded his head and had no criticism to offer. So what is it exactly that they want? Obviously, they want a gun-free society, right? Well, how do you get there? If you are a gun control activist, how do you get from 100 million gun owners, some 400 million privately owned firearms, the constitutionally protected right to keep and bear them, how do you get from that to no guns allowed, to doing what Australia did, which is what Kurt Anderson called for a few years ago? And by the way, in Australia, there are now more guns legally owned than there were before Australia had its quote-unquote buyback. So I'm not even sure that Kurt Anderson would be satisfied with uh, the United States doing what Australia had done, although I'm sure he would say it would be a good first step, right? The most ironic thing, perhaps, about uh, calling gun ownership um, supporting mass human sacrifice is that the vast majority of Americans, of course, own firearms for self-defense. We're not interested in using our gun on anybody except an individual who would threaten our lives or the lives of someone that we love, right? Which is why gun owners talk about reducing crime as opposed to people like Acosta and Anderson who talk about reducing legal gun ownership. Because I, I don't think they really tie in gun control to public safety other than to make the argument that we'll be a safer society if we have fewer guns. But they don't ever want to talk about what the implementation of their proposed laws would look like, what happens to uh, those individuals who say no and don't comply with a nonviolent possessory offense. They don't talk about the cost 
I mean, you want to talk about human sacrifice. Let's talk about the people who are in prison right now for simply carrying a farm without a license that they cannot get in states like California, New York, New Jersey, Maryland, Hawaii, all of these may-issue states. Heck, even in places like Illinois, which is technically shall issue, but you've got a backlog, or at least you've had a backlog until very recently, of a year or more for people who are applying to get their firearm owner ID card, something that is required before you can keep a gun in your home. We talked about, uh, I think this was a couple weeks ago, we talked about what's going on with the public defenders in Wayne County, Michigan, Detroit, uh, who are calling on the prosecutor's office in Wayne County to stop charging people for simply possessing a firearm without a CCW. In Michigan, that comes with a mandatory minimum two-year prison sentence. And in Wayne County, 70% of the people who are being charged with simply possessing a firearm without a license, without their concealed carry license, are legal gun owners who have had their gun in their car, but they don't have a CCW. And they might think that they don't need a concealed carry license to have a gun that they legally own in their car while they're traveling. But under Michigan law, they do. And a violation, again, two-year mandatory minimum prison sentence. What do Kurt Anderson and Jim Acosta think about these laws? Do they support them? Do they really think that people should go to prison for simply bearing arms without a license, a license that may be impossible for them to get? Keep in mind, Wayne County, Michigan, was sued over the delays in processing concealed carry applications last year. There was more than a year-long wait to simply apply to get a concealed carry license. Now, if violent crime is increasing in the city where you live, and the government is failing to do their duty to process your uh, carry license application in a reasonable amount of time, what are some people going to choose to do? They're going to choose to violate the law. Not because they want to go out and commit an armed robbery. Not because they're a violent criminal themselves. But because they're concerned about getting home from their job at the end of the evening. They're concerned about being able to uh, walk to the grocery store without being uh, threatened or accosted or assaulted. And if they are the victim of a violent crime, they want to be able to protect and defend themselves, perhaps their own family as well. And so they make that very difficult choice, that they would rather be judged by 12 than carried by 6. And in some cases, that's exactly what's happening. They are being judged by 12, and they are being sentenced to prison for the crime of bearing arms without a government permission slip. Now, I would say that is a form of human sacrifice, too. We are sacrificing lives. We are putting them in prison. We are destroying families. We are uh, uh, labeling these individuals felons for the rest of their lives. Why? To appease the gun control gods in the hopes that this is going to have some trickle-down effect on violent criminals? Well, if we just prevent everybody from carrying a firearm without a license, then we'll be able to go after the bad guys for carrying a firearm without a license. Yeah. You could go after them for, you know, armed robbery, carjacking, home invasion, actual violent crimes, but uh, the clearance rate for violent crimes across the country, nationwide, now below 50%. Did you know that? More than half of the time, a violent crime in this country does not lead to an arrest, does not lead to a conviction. Maybe that's where we should start. If we're really focused on human lives, making sure they're not sacrificed, Maybe instead of trying to ban and arrest our way to safety, maybe instead of trying to criminalize our right of self-defense, as Acosta and uh, Anderson would have us do, maybe instead we should focus like a laser on the relatively small number of Americans who are actually responsible for these violent criminal offenses. 
And we know how to do it. It's not like it's rocket science. It's not like it's hidden knowledge. Look what's going on in Dallas, Texas, for instance, where the murder rate declined by almost 40% in the last three months of last year. This is after constitutional carry took effect. Now, under Acosta and Anderson's theory, holy crap, the homicide rate in Dallas should have been through the roof after constitutional carry took effect. All these people able to carry guns around willy-nilly. And yet the opposite happened. Why was that? A, because the vast majority of people who are lawfully carrying under Texas' new constitutional carry law have no intention or desire to commit a violent crime. That's not who they are. It's not who they will ever be. But also, we saw smart, effective strategies employed by the Dallas Police Department. They actually looked at a map of the city. They overlaid a grid of about 150,000 separate locations within Dallas. And they focused on the crime hotspots. Where is, where's the most violent sector here? We could be talking about a street corner. We could have you know, a, a spot halfway down a city block. And by focusing on about 100 to 150 of the 150,000 or so microgrids where crime was truly out of control, by flooding those areas with resources, they were able to reduce the homicide rate, by again, by almost 40%. I think 38% was the uh, tally in the final three months of 2021. They didn't push the crime out to another block. They didn't, you know, send it around the corner. That's not what happened. By, by being in those areas where the most prolific offenders were operating, they were able to take those offenders off of the street. And when that offender off the street, the neighborhood becomes a safer place. Again, it's not rocket science. It doesn't involve the imposition of any gun control laws. In fact, you can implement these strategies in constitutional carry states and see incredible success. You also, by the way, have fewer arrests overall you're not out there trying to arrest people for exercising their constitutional right to keep and bear arms because you're focused on the violent offenders. You want to save lives? That's how you do it. You want to keep wasting lives? You keep promoting the same gun control strategies that Jim Acosta and Kurt Anderson bemoan that we don't have in place. Yeah, waste time, waste resources, waste political capital, and waste lives by promoting the failed and flawed ideas of an anti-gun ideology. Now, I don't really expect anything less or more from Jim Acosta, quite frankly, but uh, you know what? And I'm not sure how often we're going to call him out for his nonsense, because that could be, a, I guess, a weekly uh, routine here on Barry and Arms Cam and Company. But when you do hear something again, just that egregiously stupid, yeah. You do need to push back. All right, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report, which I don't think Jim Acosta probably wants to talk much about, but uh, let's do it. Chicago, Illinois. Man on electronic monitoring for attempted murder had a loaded gun in his car on Friday morning, according to prosecutors. Uh, this from the website CWB Chicago. Uh, talking about uh, Rayvon Hall, who in June of 2019, about two and a half years ago, uh, Hall was accused of organizing a shooting that left uh, two of his intended victims injured, one of his uh, co-conspirators, uh, alleged co-conspirators, injured as well. Uh, Rayvon Hall and his accomplice allegedly shot at two men who were standing next to a car. One of the alleged victims was a concealed carry holder reportedly returning fire and uh, striking that co-conspirator. So we have a bit of an armed citizen story in here. Uh, two and a half years later, this case is yet to go to trial. 
Back in June of uh, 2019, uh, Hall was ordered held without bail, but that changed. Uh, it uh, Last April, uh, it was reduced to $225,000 bail um, with electronic monitoring. And Rayvon Hall was able to post bail and return to the streets. Now, at 5.03 last Friday morning, Chicago police officers got a call about a driver who was asleep at the wheel. Found Hall alone in the car, in the driver's seat. Apparently experienced a, quote, medical emergency. He was taken to a local hospital for treatment. He remained hospitalized over the weekend. Police did find a loaded gun on the driver's side floorboard of Hall's car, so they charged him with being a felon in possession of a firearm as well as driving uh, without a license. Um, the uh, judge in this case has ordered Rayvon Hall held without bail uh, for violating bail terms in his pending attempted murder case, and he set bail on the new charges at $250,000 with electronic monitoring. So Hall, theoretically, should remain behind bars until trial now on the attempted murder charge, uh, although I suppose it's possible that a judge will go back and change that as well. Here is somebody... Now, first of all, the fact that this guy was charged with attempted murder two and a half years ago and he's not going to trial, that's an issue. That's an issue that needs to be addressed. One of the arguments that that you know, the left makes for, hey, we got to let these people out on bail, even if they're facing, you know, really serious violent criminal charges, is that you can't keep people locked up for years while they're awaiting trial. They are considered innocent until they're proven guilty in court. So you're keeping people that are considered innocent under a court of under our legal standards in jail for years while they're awaiting trial. That's wrong. And you know what? They have a point. You shouldn't have to wait two and a half years in jail being held without bond just because the charges that you're facing are incredibly serious. If the evidence is there to convict, then the prosecution needs to move forward. You do have a right to a speedy trial in this country, too. And unfortunately, that is not the case in Chicago or a lot of other cities. Now, again, that's an effort where maybe a guy like me and a guy like Jim Acosta or Kurt Anderson could actually agree that, hey, you know what, here's something that needs to be done. Here's something that actually is going to make us safer. We can fix the criminal court system so that it's not bogged down so that 97% of these cases aren't resulting in plea deals that often return violent offenders to the streets and may very well put innocent people behind bars because it's easier for them to plead than it is for them to uh, uh, run the risk of you know being convicted of a crime they didn't commit and spending 20, 30, 40, 50 years in prison. These are issues where I think the left and the right could probably find some common ground if the left wasn't too busy accusing us of supporting human sacrifice because we embrace our right to keep and bear arms. All right, today's uh, armed citizen story from Waco, Texas. Yeah, I do kind of wonder what Jim Acosta and Kurt Anderson think about this one, too. Where a bystander shot a man who had just attacked a woman with a knife. This was Friday night outside of a convenience store in uh, Waco. Police responded to a quick trip about 7.40 uh, Friday evening. On a report that a man was chasing the woman into the store and then continued to attack her. As they're on their way to the quick trip, police learned that a, quote, separate third-party individual had intervened in an attempt to defend the female victim by shooting the suspect with a handgun. Uh, the alleged attacker transported to a local hospital with severe injuries, as was the victim, unfortunately, in this case. The uh, armed citizen remained at the scene to speak with officers, is cooperating with the investigation, has not been charged with any crime. Stabbing suspect is in the custody of Waco police. Uh, uh, as he uh, recovers from his injuries. And we don't have any update right now, unfortunately, on the woman who was stabbed. 
uh, by her attacker, but uh, we do know that she was alive when she was transported to the local hospital. We hope that she is going to recover from her injuries. But it sounds like if it weren't for that armed citizen being there, that uh, police may have rolled up on the scene of a homicide as opposed to an attempted murder. Because if this guy had not been stopped, it's reasonable to conclude that he would have continued to attack this woman, continued to uh, stab her, and the injuries she suffered before officers arrived would likely have been far worse and very easily could have been fatal. So we don't know. Uh, again, there are some unanswered questions about this case. We'll keep our eyes on any details as they become available, but uh, keep that woman uh, in your thoughts and prayers as she uh, recovers there in Waco, Texas. And uh, thank you to that armed citizen who was in the right place at the right time and willing and able to do the right thing. Speaking of that, let's get to today's armed, uh, not armed citizen story, no, our good deed of the day. Uh, Glendale, Arizona. Great police officer in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing just to help a lady out in a time of need. He says it's not a big deal, and maybe it's not, but it, it's still worth noting. Uh, officer Cody Alloway was patrolling the area of uh, 67th Avenue and Bethany Home Road when he spotted a woman struggling in her wheelchair to cross the street. Uh, you can see this is a uh, CCTV footage there that uh, captures the officer uh, as he uh, sees what's going on. He said, I asked her how her day was going, where she was headed. She told me she was waiting for her granddaughter, hopefully to get across the street and do some grocery shopping. He said, I was shocked. He said, I absolutely had no idea I was going to be on camera and that it was going to be a thing. Uh, he just wanted to help her out. He said, you work with women and men who do little things like this, these acts of kindness that go so unnoticed. He said, they do these things all the time without looking for any recognition. And so I'm just very thankful that I get to be a part of that. Uh, Officer Alloway's father, Jeff, by the way, was recognized not long ago for throwing a belated surprise party for an eight-year-old boy who had donated all of his presents to a uh, angel tree there in Glendale, Arizona. Officer Alloway's dad, also a member of the Glendale Police Department, and uh, Officer Alloway says it's definitely a good example of what I want to be and who I should be, and every day it's just something that I can see him being that person for me. So in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, I'm sure he got an attaboy from dad as well. Officer uh, Cody Alloway, Alloway from uh, the Glendale Police Department, we thank you for your very good deed. And that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. I guess thanks to Jim Costa for providing us with uh, excellent content today, although I would prefer it if he, uh, uh, you know, had the stones to, I don't know, maybe talk to somebody with a little different point of view. I'm willing. Sure. I don't think it would go well for Jim, but uh, always willing. Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. Don't forget to check out BarionArms.com. In the meantime, and if you like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber. Just use the promo code GUNRIGHTS when you go to BarionArms.com slash subscribe, and you'll get a significant savings on your VIP membership, which will also give you access to exclusive news stories and analysis content you won't find anywhere else. It's our way of saying thank you for showing support for the Second Amendment journalism that we do here at Bearing Arms, and we really do appreciate it. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free. 